Hey, let's start that over. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was the Donnas. I don't want to know if you don't want me. And you obviously want us, me and Bess Hour, are here because it's early in the morning and you're listening. It's actually 6 a.m. It is way early in the morning. It's just too, it's it's not too early to be with us. It's just too early for us to be here. Well, let, let's get real for a minute. Okay. What time did you say it was? It's 6 a.m. What time is it actually, though? No, no, no. It is 6 a.m. It's 7 a.m. now, but it's really 6 a.m. Oh, there yeah. we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not Ugh. for it. See, it's so early. I can't I'm even keep track of my time. That's, that is, that it's good for me that you could enough to get here. Thank you so much, Bess, for being here this morning. <laughs> my pleasure. And Bess is here uh, representing a lot of different organizations and a lot of different topics. So we're going to talk about. Florida BlogCon, you've got the Spring Fling coming up, which is fantastic. Uh, you've got your new venture on Patreon, the big book of everything I've learned. And so we're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to get to know you a little bit better. And if I could just describe you, I was trying to think of what celebrity you look most like. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Parker Posey. So for I'll all the listeners that. out there, not like Hunger Games Parker Posey, because <laughs> I think she was a little bit uh, nutty in that. You haven't seen me when I'm hungry. Okay, well, then there you go. Uh, so we're going to play a, a game, a 20 questions game. But first, I want to just talk about daylight savings real quick. Mm. Uh, the person to blame is New Zealand entomologist G.V. Hudson. He was the first one to sort of propose it, and it made its way to the U.S. to get that extra hour. Why do I associate Ben Franklin? Uh, so the rumor was he had that idea, but he wasn't the one who actually uh, pushed it through in the late 1800s. Um, so it was this guy, G.V. Hudson, and it wasn't he wasn't a farmer. He was an entomologist. He wanted an extra hour to gather insects. There we go. That's why. Uh, he actually uh, proposed at first a two-hour shift. Yeah, imagine that. All right. So we're going to play a game now. We're going to play 20 questions, but we're not going to play it the normal way. Do I win anything? You do. Oh. Yeah. You win getting up early and being here. <laughs> I was going to say, bring it on. And I'll buy you some more coffee after <laughs> the show's over or tea or whatever it is that you drink. Okay, so instead of saying yes or no, so we're going to go through 20 things, uh, you're going to say if you're for something, a day late, and if you're against something, a dollar short. So we're playing a day late or a dollar short. Fantastic. A day late, I love deadlines, and uh, I think I go by the Douglas Adam rule of deadlines, uh, where he said, I love deadlines. I like the sound, uh, the whooshing sound they make as they fly past, <laughs> and a dollar short is terrible. You can't get Story groceries. of my life. You can't get a uh, movie rental at the Red Box. Uh, and it was Ogden Nash. Let me go with another quote. Some debts are fun when you're acquiring them, but none are fun when you set about retiring them, <laughs> which is true. All right. So the first one up, uh, so day late or a dollar short, I actually have to show you a picture of the Orlando flag. I don't know if you've seen this. There's a contest going on right now to replace it. Because this is the Orlando flag as it stands right now. Okay. Are you for or against this? Are you a day late or a dollar short on the uh, Orlando flag as it so stands right now? So this is the current one. This is the flag. So uh, if we wanted to throw this on a t-shirt or really uh, show pride I'm, I'm in our a, city. I'm a day late. I kind of like that. You kind of like that? Yeah. So the broccoli and the, the fountain in the middle. And Does all that. not bother me at okay, all. There's all right. no theme parks on there, which aren't technically inside Orlando anyway. So right. I'm good with that. I like the, the flat graphic of it. Okay. I'm very good, good with it. All right. And uh, so the contest going on right now is you have to be able to draw it on a three by five card mm -hmm. using no markers. 
And so that's how simple they're going for in terms of their flag or in terms of the flag contest. So we'll see what that comes out of that. All right. How about millennials? Since I have one at home. <laughs> Wait, that sounds weird when you say it that way. <laughs> My son, who I'm very proud of. So I'm going to say again, a day late. A day late. Yeah, I think millennials okay. bring, you know, a whole new way of looking at the world. You know, they're digital natives. They, a lot of uh, they, you know, and uh, I'm always for learning something new and they can teach me a lot. So day right. late. Very good. How about voicemail? Speaking of something that'll teach you nothing new. Dollar short. Yeah. Do yeah. you even listen to your voicemail? I do not. I just back? call the person back. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I don't have their, their name in my phone, if I don't recognize the phone, I'm not answering it either. Absolutely. No, I, I feel I feel the same way. All right. Colonizing Mars. Oh, gosh. A day late. Oh, I am yeah. so ready for space. Yeah. So I, as you know, I grew up here. And so I'd watch the space shuttle launch, you know, and grew up wanting to be an astronaut. Oh, okay. That's all I wanted to be. Then I found out I wasn't quite so good at math. Uh-huh. <laughs> so my dream kind of went whoosh out the window. So, uh, but yeah, I'm all for. So tourism, space tourism is the next yes, big thing. Yes, so who, who, who is that? Is it, is it Elon Bezos, Musk? Me- Musk is doing has it. Has already uh, announced Bezos that he's flying two people around the moon within a year. Yeah, and we don't know. The rumor is it's probably going to be uh, uh, James Cameron, maybe, or someone along those lines. So I play the Powerball every week with that goal in mind now. So you would go? You would pay to... I would definitely go. Okay, very good. That's good to know. Uh, we are not experiencing this in the southeast, but some people in the northeast are blizzards. Day sh- uh, dollar short. Dollar short. <laughs> I didn't think what it was. <laughs> dollar short. No, I, I'm not a fan of cold. Yeah, no, it's it doesn't look like fun at all, but I would like a little bit more cold in our no, winter. No, 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 no. That's why with, we live in Florida. Okay, you're good with uh, you're good with where we are. So you do a lot of work in terms of social media, and so you know pretty well some of the social media channels that are out there. How do you feel about Snapchat? So what would be the in between? A day short. A day short. A yeah. day short. So. Um, so I do on, not snap. I am on, Twitter. I am, uh, so my, my, my favorite social media is Twitter. Okay. Second favorite social media is Facebook. Okay. Um, I'm not a fan of photos. So Instagram, I'm on it. Not, I don't love it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but Snapchat. So I, I'm on Snapchat, but I do not snap. But I'm fascinated with the facial filters. Yes. So the one of the first things I do every morning, my son's off at college, is I will go through, do the new facial filters, save them to my camera, and then text them to my son. So that's kind of my little morning ritual. I'm sure he's right. like, why is my mother sending this to me again? But, you know, I usually get a response from him. So that's how I keep in touch with my son. So, <laughs> but I do not snap. It elicits a response, though. So that's a <laughs> good thing. You're probably not throwing some money at the uh, stock uh, no, as well, I would no. imagine. Yeah, they're having a lot of trouble figuring out what that's actually worth. Right. How do you feel, uh, day late or a dollar short, for, uh, about zombies? Is anybody a day late on that? A dollar short. A dollar short. A dollar short. Okay. Are now, you are you for the Walking Dead? Uh, pop culture wise, I guess you have to you have to um, you have to break it out, right? So there's the pop culture zombies. Do you right. like it as a storytelling idea? Do you like it uh, that sort of? Um, so I don't media? watch the Walking Dead because mm-hmm. I like to sleep at night, um, and I've heard I won't if I watch the Walking Dead. But I do like. So there is one called I Zombie. 
That was yeah. cute, kind of in the Buffy Vampire Slayer genre. Yep. So, yeah, I like Solving that one. Crime all right. Brains, yep. As we all do sometimes. <laughs> How about coffee? Dollar short. No I am coffee. A tea tea drinker, all the way. Yes. Now, tea with caffeine in it, or is it just Black tea, tea in general? Black tea. Black okay, tea. so a bit of caffeine for you. And I would imagine you had, uh, you have a large this morning. So I that's do. Good. <laughs> Where are you a day late or a dollar short on driverless cars? Oh my gosh, a day late. I cannot wait for driverless cars. Are you just, I want to take a nap? I, I want one right here, right now. So I, I blog a lot for Ford. I'm, I'm an influencer for, for Ford and I get to go to their headquarters quite often and see their updates on their driverless cars. They've been talking about driverless cars forever and okay. automation and they, they bring in some really fascinating speakers. They brought in um, an anthropologist. Mm -hmm. That was talking about, you know, how we, we look forward and the evolution of humankind. And she kind of talked on our fear of technology and how it varies from the Western world to the Eastern world. So Westerners, of course, we grew up with, you know, Frankenstein and, mm -hmm. you know, technology taken over. What was that? Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, the you, Matrix, you know, so, Terminator. Yeah, and so for us, technology inherently is bad or could go wrong. Where in Asia, they have very different movies where technology solves problems and is inherently good. And so at least the car companies are finding, the global car companies, that uh, populations in Asia are very much more open to the driverless cars than hmm. here in the United States. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating to think about it because, you know, all right, would you sit in a driverless car right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But a lot but of people I'm a, I'm would first, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people would not. They're, they're like, oh, I could do a better job. But, you know, research shows you cannot do a better job than a driverless car. And so for my thought is, you know, no more drunk drivers, no more tired drivers, no more jerks that are trying to cut you off or anything else mm -hmm. you know no more road rage so it solves a lot of problems so bring on driverless cars right now i like that and as far as a bad business idea goes we should be pitching since you have an in with ford yeah we should just be doing movies about how technology solves all of your problems <laughs> especially the driverless car ones especially the driverless car ones i like that okay we're gonna work we're gonna work on that offline and pitch that to them. Uh, so it's March, and apparently the thing is we never use brackets before now, but now we're using brackets. We talk about them. Uh, March Madness, how do you feel about that? I am, what am I doing, day late? Day late. A, a day late or a dollar short? day late. So you like uh, college I basketball? I love basketball. So my dad was actually a college coach. He coached at Stetson University oh, wow. years and years and years ago with Glenn Wilkes Sr., Mm -hmm. And uh, so I grew up just loving basketball. I'm much more of a basketball fan than a football fan. And uh, my Florida Gators, They're they in. are, yeah, number four seed in the Eastern region. Mm -hmm. So they are, but uh, I have to I have to say um, a longtime friend, Willie Donick, who uh, is on radio up in Nashville, he he uh, went to Vandy and Vandy beat the Gators three times. In fact, we just lost to them in the first round of the SEC tournament. So a uh, <laughs> shout out to you, Willie, for uh, for your Commodores. So hopefully uh, we will have some vengeance. The Commodores. In the big dance. What a great. So are they in? They are. are. Vanderbilt? Yeah. Okay. Are they in the same um, bracket? Uh, I Actually, no. Wait, you know what? I don't know if they are in or not. Okay. So Sorry. I do not know. On. I will have okay. to look. All right. Very good. Uh, daylight savings. I feel like I'm going to know your answer to that. <laughs> Dollar short. Just so we could pick more bugs. That's really <laughs> what it came down to. 
Uh, Logan had a really big opening last weekend, made a ton of money worldwide, and is a bit of a shift for comic book movies. How do you feel about rated R comic book movies? Oh, a day late. A day late? Yeah, yeah I'm fine with that. Them. Yeah. I think it's it gives them a little lot more flexibility to, to for the story. Um, and then it's not, so far, it hasn't just been about shock value. So right. we'll see where that goes with it. But there's only been two so far. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so you've been following this very closely on the social medias. Uh, April the Giraffe. Oh, my God. Uh, dollar short. short. I am now on day 20 of watching this pregnant giraffe. You know, every morning I wake up and I'm like, she's got to have given birth by this time. And I, you know, now I'm getting to the point. I'm like, is this just a hoax? Is this just a fat giraffe? It might be. It might be. And, and if so, what genius thought of this on, you know, at the Animal Adventure Park in New York? Yeah. So, okay, we've got a fat giraffe. We're already in trouble for having a fat giraffe because I would imagine the American Giraffe Association is going to be on us about having an overweight Absolutely. giraffe. Uh, so then let's just say she's pregnant and let's put it on social media. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And the fundraising that they're getting off of this, they're selling, okay, so they've sponsored the giraffe cam. <laughs> like you I'm just, sorry, I almost choked on my coffee, yeah. They have sponsored the giraffe cam. They're selling merchandise, t-shirts, April the giraffe t-shirts. Uh-huh. And then, like, I think twice a day they are, and I'm actually fascinated with this. I was talking to somebody about this. So being a live streamer from Florida Swim Network, we would have all sorts of chats in the chat room. And I love a chat room. But they've monetized the chat room now. Have you seen the super chat on YouTube? No. Oh, it's amazing. So if you have 100,000 people, which times there have been over 100,000 people tuning in to watch the fat giraffe and the comments are just flying mm-hmm. on the side and they're, they're just going too fast to they see them. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So they have now what's called the super chat where and it goes up by the number of people that are chatting for $20 you can pin your tweet to the top to make sure it gets seen. And it was up to like 50 bucks and people were paying 50 bucks just right and left to have their tweet seen. Was it for the most part people advertising at that point? No, it wasn't. I don't know why anybody, no. And that's why I thought it would be spammers, but it wasn't. No, it was crazy. Congratulations, April. We love you. Yes. I'm, I was just, I'm like, I was trying to add up how much money they made. So, of course, YouTube gets a, a large chunk of that. But, I mean, the live streamer, and that would have been the, the Animal Adventure Park, got mm-hmm. a big chunk of that. So, way to monetize a, a YouTube stream. So, wow. hats off to them. So right. We can monetize everything. Yep. As I always, unfortunately, knew. All right. Getting back to a day late and a dollar or a dollar short. Uh, musicals. Hmm. Traditionally, I would say a dollar short, but there are some musicals I do like. Okay. Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Hamilton. Hamilton of the Opera. Smash it up. (laughs) And that may be it. Okay. Those two. (laughs) All right. So this is coming up again. Um, Some states are going to require it in schools. Some states uh, just suggest that they start teaching it again in schools. Cursive. You know, I taught English for almost 20 years. Did you really? I did. I didn't realize that. I did, yes. And did you teach cursive? I did teach cursive. Well, so uh, our school started teaching cursive in second grade. The kids got their their cursive driver's license and they made a big deal over it. Um, And 
I learned cursive, of course, growing up. I grew up in an age when they taught cursive, mm-hmm. but I never used it again after I left elementary I, school. My handwriting so, in cursive is even yeah. worse than my handwriting just like this. So, so I think I'm supposed to be saying there's all this research that says that cursive writing equates to some type of higher intelligence or something like that, or I don't know. But, um, you know, I think it's probably good for for kids to use their hands, develop those fine motor skills even further. So, you know, there's so much keyboarding and things done that I'm okay with being taught. So a, a day late. Okay. Very good. And how about cartoons? Oh, a day late, <laughs> especially if we're talking Archer or Bob's Burgers oh, or some, some of, of the newer those. Ones or the Adult yeah. Swim kind of. Yeah. 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 That's some good stuff. However, Kipper the dog, some of the ones I watched with my son, Little Bear. Oh, yeah. I'll watch those even when he's gone. Oh, okay. A little nostalgia <laughs> action. Very good. And how do you feel about, so this is kind of comes up in a social media standpoint. This comes up in a um, privacy issue standpoint. Uh, drones, specifically like the quadcopters, not the death military drones. <laughs> um, I'm a, a day late with those uh, simply because the footage that they capture is so gorgeous. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's crowd shots. Yeah, and, uh, you know, yeah. Over buildings and going through areas. Yeah, and stuff you just can't get anywhere else. Absolutely. Okay. Very good. How do you feel about sleep? <laughs> A day late all day long. <laughs> Today and for probably the next week, unfortunately. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a night person. I'm a day person. So I want my sleep. Okay. So <laughs> so the, when the sun is out, that's when you that function. That is me. And then when the sun is down. I'm down. Okay. I was going to say it's party time, but apparently not at your house. Uh, how do you feel about tiny houses? A day late or a dollar short? Oh, a dollar short. Oh, you're not in for those? Yeah. You know, I like the concept of them. You know, I'm, I'm all about, especially now that I'm, I'm an empty nester, I'm all about kind of downsizing, but yep. only to a certain point. I think my husband and I would probably, it would be a murder-suicide in that little tiny house <laughs> if we were stuck in there. <laughs> all right. So tiny house. So you'd have separate tiny houses. Separate tiny okay, houses would do. Good. That's good. Uh, and last but not least, cobbler, the dessert, not the person who helps with your shoes. Uh, dollar short. Oh, no. Would not cobbler. be my choice. Okay. Cobbler or pie? Still a dollar Still, short. Still? Okay. Are you a chocolate person? No. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Like those are my three <laughs> des- go-to desserts. So. Sundays, ice cream. Oh, okay. Very good. I'd do one of those instead. Cream brulee. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's good. You're going out there. You're going out a little bit differently. <laughs> well, thank you for that. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, all the stuff that you do, how you got started writing. So you obviously taught for a while, but then you pivoted. I did. If you will. And I want to learn how you got there and uh, get some thoughts on you on what we, what advice you would give people who are starting the same thing. And uh, especially advice for kids, because I have some kids who want to be you know, online and blogging and doing things like that. So I was curious As about what they advice. should be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll come back. We're going to play uh, Luscious Jackson with friends because now we're friends on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Luscious Jackson on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. That was friends from their album, Electric Honey, all the way back in 1999. So that song just turned 18 years old. So it's going to college. Hey, speaking of going to college, we're at a college. We're at Rollins College. My name is Nick, and I'm here with Bess Auer. Bess, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for being out this early in the morning. I am 
so happy to be up this time of morning. <laughs> My pleasure. So we talked a little bit about daylight savings, but let's switch over <laughs> from the fun stuff to the uh, other type of fun stuff, which is your background. Uh, I've always been curious about how you wear a lot of different hats. I do. And so uh, you've simplified things a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about how you got here. So teaching for 20 years. Yeah. And then something shifted, something changed where you started blogging. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So I taught for 17 years, uh, middle school English. Okay. And during that, so I've always been a writer. I've always loved writing when I was little. I did the, you know, the short stories, the poems, all of that. So I've always loved writing. It's always been a, a hobby and a passion. And when I was teaching, this kind of new technology came around where you could publish some of your stories online as in the form of a blog. And to me, the blogging format was one of the best things that ever happened on the interwebs. Mm -hmm. uh, it allowed the average person that didn't know any coding to have a voice to put it out there. And so I started blogging. I actually started Central Florida Top 5. That was my first blog. Okay. And I, uh, it came about because I was... It was 4th of July. We were looking for some place to go watch the fireworks besides Lake Eola or the theme parks, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had to go to about 10 different websites to find where they were having fireworks. I'm like, gosh, somebody should just have, you know, like an events website and have it all together. So since Florida Top 5, that was how it started. It used to be an events website. It was one of oh, the first okay. in the area. Um, and so I would compile each month the top five places to... Uh, to go to the museum, top five shows coming to town, the top five road races, the top five, anything, any category we, we tried to compile for it. And so that was how I got into blogging. And it was an outlet that allowed me to talk about growing up here in Central Florida, some mm -hmm. of the, the memories that I had. And uh, as I went to different events, I got to write about them you know, things like uh, taking the tour of the Greenwood Cemetery. Have you ever done that? I With haven't. Don uh, Price? It spooks uh, me out. Oh, I it is so, oh, it's fabulous. I feel the same way about that that you do about zombies. <laughs> well, it's not, not scary, it. though. It's mm -hmm. just, it's it's fascinating. Um, so, you know, I got to write about some of the cool things I got to do. So it satisfied my need for writing, got to talk about Central Florida, served a purpose. Other people came to find out what, was, what to do in mm -hmm. Central Florida. And uh, so my last two years of teaching, my school asked me to switch from teaching English to teach a class. It was called Smart Tech, and it was done entirely on iPads. And so the kids learned about blogging, learned about social media, learned mm -hmm. about making movies, making technology, podcasting. And so those were my final two years. At the same time, I was getting even more into blogging. I started the Central Florida bloggers conference that was right. the first rendition of fl blog con uh, we actually did in my little elementary school gym because <laughs> we were actually k through six okay and uh you know i i wanted to go to a blogging conference but i can afford to take off time from school to go to a blogging conference so you just started your own so i just started my own and uh, we did it on a saturday because most bloggers have a day job and so most bloggers do it as a hobby so we did it on a saturday and so you know i, I paid the the maintenance guy 50 bucks and he and i were in there setting up the tables and put the chairs together and i went around to all the biggest bloggers that i knew and i'm like i want to do a blogging conference will you come share your knowledge and everybody was so supportive and so absolutely i'd be happy to and so we had a great 
first year. And that's when I'm like, you know, this really did serve a need. So it kept growing from there. And now we're, we're going into our seventh year of it. Well, that's nice too about the, the blogging community is it really feels like it's not competitive. Right. So to, to get into it, even if you're to, doing a topic that's similar to somebody else's, I think they're still fairly open in terms of, okay, here's kind of what you need to do, or here are the things you should consider, or here's some of the ways that uh, you can find guests, or you can find advertisers, or you can find these things, because it is a little bit of a rising tide lifts all boats. It, yeah, you know, it is really. And if you can make your biggest competition your biggest partner, you will both grow from it. Right. And, the, you right. know, the Internet's big enough for everybody. Oh, yeah. If, if you love basketball, you're not going to go to just one website to read about basketball. You're going to read everything you can on the Orlando Magic, no matter who writes mm -hmm. about it. So definitely that is uh, something where, you know, you don't have to be in competition with your with your competition. You can help each other out. So that's definitely something that we emphasize at FL BlogCon, kind of sharing the best tips, what works for you, what can you do? And so one of the things that we do at FL BlogCon is we do a, a blogger breakout by niche. Mm -hmm. So all the mommy bloggers get together, all the sports bloggers get together and they share their common obstacles, how they've overcome them. So as uh, FL BlogCon started growing and then I started a second blog called Florida Swim Network and I uh, made the leap full time into blogging. So I stopped teaching and uh, actually ended up selling uh Central Florida Top 5 mm -hmm. and uh, focused full time on Florida Swim Network and the blogging conference. And so you weren't a swimmer, but your husband I was coaches, not, right? Yes, yes. So my husband grew up swimming, now coaches swimming. Um, my son was a big time swimmer. So I was at the pool anyway. Oh, okay. So you, you were there. Have you ever been to a swim meet? I haven't. Okay. They are not the most exciting thing. Even when your son is swimming, they are still not the most There's exciting a lot of thing. Oh, my goodness. And let's face it, it's, you know, they're just going down and back. It's not like, it's not like gymnastics where they're doing different tricks or anything sure, like sure, that sure. or a basketball game where you have, you know, different, you know, moves and stuff. I mean, they're just going down and back. So it is not exciting. So I finally got to the point where I said to my husband, I'm like, Joe, oh, my God, I am bored to death. What can I do? And he said, well, you know, Ryan Lochte is going to be swimming at this next meet. Why don't we try live streaming it? Ah. ah, and this is back in 2010, maybe 2011, yeah, yeah, yeah. where live streaming was kind of the wild, wild west. Nobody really knew how to do it yet. Right. And so uh, I think we use Jason TV, Justin TV, one of those. But, one you know, it was kind of those. Yeah. There, yeah. And Ustream was brand new. Yep. And so actually, I think we used Ustream. And uh, so we went to Best Buy. Have you ever seen those eyeball cams? Oh yeah, <laughs> that were made early on for the for the you know the kind of the the vloggers, the webcasters. Yeah. They were not made for action at all. They no. had no zoom, anything. That's what we bought because that was the only camera we could get to hook up to the computer. <laughs> so we go get that Best Buy. We you know set up an account on UStream, and uh, we go down. We're at the iDrive Y, and. Uh, we asked, can I set up? And they're like, oh, sure. They really didn't know exactly what I was doing. So I go sit next to the announcer. I set this eyeball camera up on the speaker to get a nice vantage point. On the speaker? On the speaker, you know, this big speaker. Mm -hmm. And so I set it up on the speaker and I'm turning it with my hand to follow the swimming. Not really sure if I'm actually, if getting, actually getting the pool anything, or not. Yeah. 
And every time a speaker would talk, the speaker or the, the announcer would talk, the speaker would shake. So I have vibrations going on with this webcam. It's the worst broadcast you can ever imagine. You yep. can't tell who anybody is. There's no, no resolution that allows you to see any swimmer <laughs> at all. But all the other coaches are like, hey, Joe, what's best doing over there? And he's like, ah, oh, she's, you know, webcasting it. Really, where do we go? And so, you know, he'd give them the address. We had like 300 people tune in because they all start texting people. Right, hey, to let them know that yeah. it's up and running. Yeah. We had people from Ireland tune in. I mean, we had people from all over tune in. And of course, they couldn't see anything, but they still tuned in. But that sure. that made us think, wow, we've got something here. So that's how Florida Swim Network was born. Ah, very nice. And so yeah. that's where you started down that road. And just taking it full circle, uh, you recently sold that. We did. We yeah. did. Yeah. So uh, we um, we teamed with uh, some guys from Full Sail who helped us kind of navigate. Now, I'm talking really, it really was the wow, wow west with, mm-hmm. with live streaming. You know, we'd be like, let's try this. Well, let's put this together. It's, it's not like television. I mean, it really isn't. Um, the equipment's a little bit different. Uh, the, the cabling's a little bit different. And everything, of course, depends on one internet cable if you know if you right. don't have enough if internet done, you're not yeah. doing it yeah. um but we uh figured it out and pieced it all together and finally built up to where you know later we were broadcasting from the university of florida our broadcast picked up by espn so we 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 figured it out eventually and uh i guess the culmination was we were in rio this year for the olympics yeah we were covering uh we stayed true to covering the swimmers in the state of florida but Florida is such an international state for training. We had so six swimmers on the U.S. Olympic team, but total we were covering over 50 swimmers that were competing in the Rio for like 27 countries. Then they all train here in the state of Florida. So we got to go cover all of them. Very nice. Yeah, it was fun. So now you're taking uh, what you learned, everything that you learned there and everything that you learned over the last seven, eight, nine years um, in terms of blogging and then a lifetime of writing and imagination and all that. And you're starting a book. Or I, you're, I, I think it's, it's interesting because you, you're, you're taking a completely different tack to a traditional authoring, um, authoring uh, uh, sort of approach. So you're not looking, there's no advance from a book company. There's nothing like that. You're actually taking a Patreon, which uh, some people are doing now when they're creating content. Uh, you might've done a Kickstarter, you might've done it Indiegogo, but you chose Patreon so that people can sign up and support you. Uh, they can get obviously advanced copies and a copy of the book when it's done. And then they also get sort of um, bonus things depending on the level at which they are sponsoring you. And so what made you choose Patreon versus all the other ways you could have done this. Right. So when we, uh, when we uh, got rid of Florida Swim Network, it really gave me some breathing room. So I, I, I still do some consulting. I have a, a, a marketing mastermind group that's got 10 members in it. And so I consult with them. I meet with them several times a month. And uh, but it doesn't take that much time. Mm-hmm. And I'm still doing my blogging conference, but for day to day, I have some downtime. So I thought, okay, how do I really want to spend my time? Do I want to start another blog? Do I want to go back to teaching? What do I want to do? And really, I wanted to go back to my roots of writing. And I thought, okay, what do I want to write? So I've done I've done novel writing before and I really do like the long form. But I've had so many people say, you know, I would love to hear how you built up 
community. How did you build the community around Florida Swim Network? How did you build the community around blogging? You know, how did you, what, what sorts of tactics did you use to build mm-hmm. that community? And I'm such an advocate of building a community for no matter what you're doing, whether it is for a nonprofit, whether it's for your business, whether it's for you personally. And so I thought, you know what, that might be good for me to share. So I then started thinking, what's the best way for me to do that? Do I just want to blog about it or I think I want to write about it. So the name, the big book of everything I've ever learned (laughs) kind of popped into my head, kind of stuck. So that is my tentative title. And then I thought, all right, so how do I want to do this? Do I want to go the traditional route where I pitch a publishing company, try and pitch a literary agent? And I'm aware of how long that takes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a long process. And I'm not a celebrity. Uh, I, you know, nobody really knows who I am. So the chances of me getting any type of big advance to live off of for the next foreseeable months while I'm writing was very slim. So I thought, okay, how can I support myself day to day between now and then? I could do a Kickstarter, but that's kind of a one-time thing. It's yeah. a it's an all or nothing thing. And somebody said, why don't you try Patreon? Now, Patreon, I had looked at maybe two years ago when it was kind of in its infancy. And I think it was just musicians at that time on it. Yeah, it was for the most part uh, very music related. It really hasn't become authors and content creators uh, until recently. Yeah, so I didn't like it at that time, but I went back and looked at it and there are a lot of writers, podcasters, all sorts of, you're right, creators on there. And I really like the format. I like the feel of it. I like the look of it. And I thought, all right, so if I go the Patreon route, the upside is I do get to share and I can wrap all my levels into it. So, you know, one of my levels is my marketing mastermind group. That's one of the levels. Um, I am a brand ambassador for a few companies, so I can put that in there. The downside is everybody sees what I'm making. So if I don't, if I'm not successful, meaning nobody donates, everybody will see it. That's true. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, do I want to put myself out there? What if nobody donates? And that's always, you know, always a risk. Well, not only nobody donates, but what if, you know, you're putting yourself out there in terms of creating this content as Mm -hmm. well, right? Like you're committing to, and it's funny because it is kind of teaching again. Yeah. Right. So it is a little bit of that. I always say that I've I've continued teaching. I'm just teaching a different audience Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, but, you know, I think what's nice about that, and it's the same thing with putting, you know, something on Facebook that you intend to do over the next year. It keeps you honest. Yeah. Right. Because you could have uh, sold your company or your blog and then gone out and said, well, I'm going to write a book and then gone silent for nine. Right. Months. Yeah. But no, this one. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm selling it or pitching it as I'm, you know, creating a community right there on Patreon. You know, my, my patrons are the ones that I have to be honest with mm-hmm. and accountable to. So you're exactly right. That should be very, very interesting and probably a little scary. What I like about it, too, though, is you're putting yourself out there in a new way. So you're not just doing the same thing again. You could start another uh, sports blog. You could start another uh, something similar to Central Florida Top 5. But you're doing something else entirely, uh, which I think is very brave. And so thank you. Thank you. You know, it was, you know, it's it's a bit nerve wracking, especially I kept delaying the launch of the Patreon. I'm like, oh, 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 I'm not ready. Oh, I'm not ready. Oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> You're and never ready. And then I, then I launched. So, You're never uh, ready. If and you'd waited until April, the giraffe had uh, its calf, her calf, 
you never, never would have launched. Well, let me ask you this, going back to sort of the content creation, I want to talk to you about the creative process. Sure. But one of the things you talk about is not being afraid to be uh, visual, because now we have to be visual storytellers, right? Whether that's video or taking pictures or right. those sorts of things. I think a lot about my kids. So I've got a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, and so... I want them to be, if not good storytellers, because not everybody's a good, you know, natural storyteller, at least be able to think about it uh, from that perspective. What advice, knowing that, you know, you mainly work with adults now, but you used to work with kids, what advice would you give them for creating content, for putting YouTube videos out there, for any of those things? So the thing I like about, uh, especially that middle school age, upper elementary school, is they're so darn creative. Yeah. And, you know, they they love to take the technology and run with it. So one of the things that I used to do with the kids, we did uh, visual book reports, video book reviews. So when they finished reading a book, they then would do a book review on it by talking to, to their iPad. They'd create a video of it. Yeah. And... I never had a problem with them being too short. I'm always like, it has to be at least a minute long. And I mean, I'd have kids talking for 10 minutes about a book. Oh, interesting. So I think, um, I don't think creativity is ever the problem. It's finding that structure to then be able to, as you said, tell that story. So whether it is keeping in mind with beginning, middle, and end, start, middle, conclusion, introduction, conclusion, if you can start with those three points and they don't necessarily have to write it down because, you know, a lot of kids don't want to write, but if you can have them even do a bullet point of it, or even we've had some kids take a picture. I'm going to start here with this and then they take a picture of what they want their middle to look like and then a picture of what they want their end to yeah. look like. So however they construct that, structure that in their mind, whether it's through text or through pictures. And, uh, also emphasize that it doesn't have to be perfect. It won't be perfect. They're kids. Right. A lot of adults never get it perfect either. And that's okay. Oh, I'm incredibly far from perfect. So yeah. <laughs> um, but the other thing that I want to emphasize to any of the kids is, of course, the, the safety. So uh, they don't quite always get that. They think they push a race and it's gone and it's not, especially oh, yeah. if it's online. And so, uh, you know, I went through this with my own son. Um, social media, you know, he got on Twitter and he would tweet things that he would think were funny that were really inappropriate. And it's hard to communicate. Well, mom, everybody knew I was joking. Well, honey, not everybody knows yeah, you're joking. Yeah. Uh, if your principal sees this, do they know you're joking? Does your, if your coach sees this, do they know you're joking? So the thing that you can always hold over kids, and I'm all for bribing kids and, you know, holding them hostage and everything else. For sure. <laughs> is that if they ever plan to go to college, the first thing that colleges do now is Google students. You know this, you're a director of admissions. And so, uh, especially my son went to swim in college. And so... That's one of the very big thing with athletes and social media. They have, media. To, check they have yeah. to check your background. They don't want you tweeting something that's going to get them in trouble with an NC2A violation. And, you know, we've had, uh, um, I'm trying to think what college was their men's program. I think it was Princeton, their men's program. 
yeah, bless at Princeton, one, one, one college, their men's program, uh, lost their season because of social media postings. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. And so just reemphasizing that all through that creative process, you know, their sense of humor is vastly different from our sense of humor. We don't always get it. So uh, emphasizing that to them along with the creative process is very important. Well, I think that's interesting. We probably go off on a tangent more than likely off air because I think a lot of the discussion around a a blogger like a PewDiePie Mm -hmm. and all the controversy that he got into and things like that, where uh, a kid might admire something along those lines or maybe see the, the logic such as it is when it comes to those types of decisions. Yeah. So that's, that's a very interesting point is that, yeah, this is going to live with you forever. It does. And so just be careful on what you post and how you post it. Obviously it's good advice for an adult as well, but especially for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, thank goodness social media wasn't around when I was a kid to, you know, (laughs) to document all the really stupid things I did or said or wrote, you know, we grew up in a very forgiving time versus today where mm-hmm. everything is documented. Everything. Yeah. Especially with the drones. Yeah. That we talked about. Earlier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that. Let's uh, take a break here. Uh, we've actually, the first hour is pretty much over. So it's gone by and we're going to come back with bad business ideas. We're going to talk a little bit about motivation. We're going to talk about your college background and how that sort of influenced uh, where it is that you've come from and where you're going. Uh, But let's listen to some Aretha Franklin first. A change is going to come on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Cayetana to wake you up in the second hour of To a Certain Degree. That was Hot Dad Calendar from their album Nervous Like Me from 2015's Nervous Like Me. All the way back in 2015. It seems like so long ago. I'm still not used to it being in the 2000s, okay? (laughs) Best hour is my very special guest this morning. And uh, my name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. Best hours here from all sorts of different ventures and things along that uh, line. And we'll talk a little bit more about Florida BlogCon. You've got a big event coming up, the Spring Fling and the Progressive Tweet. Uh, uh, wait, what do you call it? Progressive Spring Tweet Up. Fling and Progressive yep. Tweet Up. Tweet Up. Thank yep. you. I, I love matching. Tweet Up is like a meetup, except everybody tweets during that. Oh, and I'm fully on board for mashing words together. And those are called portmanteaus. I even know what the word is. That's impressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, But first, okay, you're obviously, we've talked a little bit about how successful you are at business. And you're a successful business person. And so I'm going to pitch you two business ideas. Now, I call this segment (laughs) bad business ideas because I feel like my ideas are bad. But having a successful person here will make them better. So you're Or just confirm how bad they are. Either way. (laughs) Is fine. And by being on the show, you have to not only pick one, okay. but you have to run with it because we've just established you have to run away from it or run with it, run with it. You're okay. going to take it. I'm going to be a silent partner in this. And by okay. silent, I mean, you're going to do everything <laughs> and I'm just going to profit. Got it. Assuming that it profits so far, it hasn't worked out. None of my guests have really run with any of these ideas. It's weird. All right. Talking to my lawyer about that right now. And uh, I, I'm not really talking to a lawyer. I'm just on law.com trying to figure out if how to get a lawyer. And so, Bess, may I call you Bess? You may. Great. The CIA, the NSA, your internet service provider, what do all of these groups have in common? They spy on you. All the time, every day. And as we learned from WikiLeaks uh, this week, anything, including your phone, your computer, your TV can be used against you. 
And that's not even including hackers, fishers, credit card skimmers at the gas station. I hate, you know me. Yes. We've known each other for over an hour now. Absolutely. I hate hyperbole, but everywhere you turn, literally someone is trying to steal your identity, your financial information. They're spying on you. It's barely safe to leave your own home. Where does that leave people who want some privacy? Hmm, tell me. With us. We're going to start a new company called Beside Yourself. So this is the first idea. You're concerned about your identity and getting spied on. Leave it to us. Let me ask you this. Can we keep someone's identity safe? Can we? No, absolutely not. <laughs> so what if we give you someone else's identity? Fight fire with oh, fire. I see the genius. Yeah. In the basic version of our service, we're going to give you an identity from one of our other customers. So we're just going to trade you out every 60 days. We're going to switch identities. So no one really knows who you are anymore. Got it. You know, it's a uh, shell game. Basically, you make phone calls, right? Sure. Phone calls, uh, smartphones are trackable. So what are we going to do? We're going to bring back the landlines. Uh, yeah, the landlines. We're going to bring back phone booths all over the U.S. What did we learn from Sopranos, if not that? <laughs> right? The lessons of our elders, the lessons of our past. Let's learn from that. The camera on your smartphone and for smart TV, we're just going to re-edit that. We're going to reprogram those so they're just going to show Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Got it. So that no one can spy on you. If they spy on you, they're going to get Yogi Bear, which I think is pretty much what you see me watching if you were to spy on me, <laughs> especially at work. What about email? You email a lot, right? Sure. Yeah. So guess what? You're sending letters now. We talked about off air. We talked about how handwritten or cards. typed. Oh, no. What a typewriter can be hacked as well. Okay. So you're handwriting everything. You're using cursive even because guess what? Computers can't read. Uh, cursive. cursive. And, and half of America can't read it either. Right. That's a good point. So that might <laughs> be a problem. The old ways are the best ways. That's beside yourself. Okay. Are you ready for idea number two? Sure. Because that was idea number one. And I think that was a pretty good one. That was a good one. Uh, the U.S. House of Representatives. Are you familiar with their work? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm from Canada, so I'm still learning about all this stuff. They're currently looking at a bill that would allow employers to raise the amount of money an employee has to pay into insurance if the person doesn't opt into for genetic testing. So basically, if the employer has a wellness program. Wait, is that real? Yeah. Yeah, they're looking at this right now. They're, they're if the they law, don't opt in for genetic testing. If they don't testing. opt in for genetic testing, what I can do as an employer is give you a 30% raise in the cost of insurance, and I face no penalty as the employer. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. It, is, is this going too far? Let me ask you that. Yes. Oh, no. I was going to say no. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's not going far enough. But here's the thing. I don't care if somebody is prone to Crohn disease. If someone's test answer is lung cancer, I'm com at complete ease if they might develop diabetes. What I want to know is if they're about to get rolled by a cold. Are they through with the flu? I don't want to get Nero patient zero. So I'm basically a rhyming germaphobe. How long did that take you to write? I, I basically don't sleep. So I did some research on the types of tests that are out there beyond genetic testing. And what they're doing a lot with is researchers are working on a breath, uh, breath based exams. So they're looking at what is known as volatile organic compounds that carry tiny chemical signatures of different diseases um, and different illnesses, too. So you can tell if somebody's getting the flu, if they're over the flu, just by their breath. So here's where I'm going with this. Do you know where I'm going with this? Toothpaste. Oh, that's 
Interesting. Uh, uh. I'm not sure how that ties in. Okay. Where I'm going is a company called, we're going to start. If you choose this one, so you got the other one, you got this one, Bated Breath is the name of the company. And you don't see where toothpaste ties in with I, it? I don't. Can you explain that to me? You brush your teeth. You have better breath. But you still are sick. Uh, minor <laughs> complication. Okay. So basically what you're doing is covering up the fact that somebody's sick. Oh, I like it. Back to the fir- back to the original idea. If you don't want to do the genetic testing, right. how do we cover up? It's almost like... I'm uh, combining both your bad ideas. Yeah. if It's like when you're testing for um, uh, like drugs and stuff, there's all sorts of stuff that you can take to cover up the fact that you may be using how something. How much do you know about that? You I seem to know quite a bit about covering up the drug testing here. Research <laughs> on it. Okay, let's come back to the, let's come back to the toothpaste. So, Beta Breath, our new company... We come in and we install two pieces of equipment in everybody's office and cubicle. One is in their phone or headset that actually tells if somebody's sick. So Mm -hmm. it's that actual sensor. The other is an odor emitter, like a 4D type of odor emitter in the office. Now, do you see where I'm going? No. Okay. So let's say Sally has a cold. She may not even know she has a cold yet. But guess what? With braided breath in her testing her breath on her phone, she knows that she does. Or we know that she does, because what we're going to do is instead of an alarm, which actually I would prefer as a germaphobe, if you're in your office and, you know, you're sick, I would rather some sort of alarm be going off. The emitter is going to send out some sort of foul smelling smell. And so you avoid Sally and Sally's encouraged to just go home. Because she's sick. Right. So we don't want sick people here. Productivity up. I know who to stay away from. You can send people to the doctor. I can stop washing my hand every 10 minutes. People are happy. I'm happy about this. So the best part, we can customize the smells. Did you think of that? No, I did not. And it can be positive smells for when they're healthy. So let's do a quick role play. You'll be my boss, Jackie Slater, and I'll be <laughs> Douglas Quaid. You can call me Hauser. We work at a meat smoking business called The Running Ham, because that's what I would call my meat smoking <laughs> business. And we haven't installed bated breath yet. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Hauser. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you feeling today? Oh, uh, good, good. Good. And seen, and everyone got sick at the company and they had to shut down. Okay. Okay. Now with bated breath. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Hauser. Hey, Jackie, I'm getting, uh, I just got called one of our smelting plants about the fall line. And it's really weird. It's starting to smell like kind of burning ham in here. Do you know what that might be about? Is this where I say you're sick? Yeah. Oh, I think you might be sick. Oh, I should go home. Do I have to pay you for sick days? Sure. No. Nope. Oh, I got to stay. <laughs> we'll see now that I've gotten everybody sick again. See, you went all really fascist. I went corporate. Boss. I yeah. went corporate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's bated breath. I do like the uh, the cover-up idea, though. That's a good one. So bated breath or beside yourself. You have a choice here. So I think... Beside yourself, we basically try to figure out how to not save your privacy, yeah, but so, confuse, uh, so confound everything else. So, two bad business ideas. The bated breath is very corporate feeling, mm-hmm. very big brother feeling. I mean, they're oh, going to yeah. tell you're sick before you are and tell you either to go home or suffer through it. I see that being very pro-corporate, not very pro-employee. So Mm. I'm not a fan of that one. I don't think it would go over well. I think the unions would rebel against it. So I don't think that would go real well. So so basically uh, uh, kicking people out of work with foul odors. 
based on whether or not they're sick because we're testing them. Right. That's too corporate. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah, too corporate. (laughs) However, beside yourself, see, I can see it going to a whole nother level where we can actually automate it and people can be self, they can do self-service when they feel they need to change their identity. Oh, they can just come in and check in. And so not only do we have the law-abiding citizens changing their identity in order to protect themselves, Mm -hmm. but the non-law-abiding citizens can come in, change their identity to avoid detection. So we've just doubled our consumer base. Okay, I like it. I like it. That's the hallmark of a bad business idea is how many criminals do we have subscribing to our uh, services? And that's the genius of it. And that is the genius of it. Okay, so beside yourself, we're going to talk offline about if you're listening to this and you're thinking you can steal this idea, by listening, you've signed an NDA that says you cannot steal this idea. And if you do steal the idea, you might be a customer of ours. Well, you might need to change your identity. (laughs) We might need to change our identities after talking about this on the air. Well, thank you very much for that, Vess, and uh, uh, getting me to the point where I understand that business idea a little bit better. I appreciate that. So we're going to hear from Tegan and Sarah right now uh, with the ocean, and we'll come back and talk about music. We'll talk about college. We'll talk about spring fling. We'll talk about tweet ups and mashing words together. There's so many things to talk about. And drag queens. And drag queens. All coming up on, to a certain degree, on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Tegan and Sarah with The Ocean from their album, Sainthood, on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. My special guest this week is Bess Hour. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Bess Hour of Florida BlogCon. Yes. Of blogging in general. So being sort of a blog. Can I call you blogging guru? No, 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 no. There are no blogging gurus. Are you kidding? The industry changes too quickly. So if anybody says they're a guru, be suspicious. No, Ah. I'm just an experienced blogger. Okay, very good. And so one of the things you do is create content. So I was reading up uh, some of the posts that you've had, uh, especially recently, is talking about, you know, having, coming up with uh, your imagination. So growing up in Central Florida, you know, without social media, without a lot of electronics, really in sort of almost an idyllic sort of countryside, even though it was Winter Park, (laughs) had chickens, had sort of the farm, you rode horses and stuff. And, you know, where do you, I I often have to listen to music when I'm writing or when I'm coming up with things, or even when I'm working, I need sort of like a, a little bit of background music. First of all, do you listen to music? And second of all, where do you come up with the inspiration for creating content and, and writing and doing things like that? Uh, yes, I do listen to music. Um, and, I, you know, I work from home and I I've, I've still have a zoo. I've got two cats and two dogs. And generally they're either lounging on me or around me when I'm working. Mm-hmm. But um, I always have Pandora on. And generally the station varies based on, you know, what I'm working on. And, um, but it can't be too loud. Really, it has to be more background noise. But the, you know, the writing I get, mainly I draw on my, my, my upbringing. I really draw on my past experiences. As you said, I grew up here in Central Florida and, you know, anybody that's been in Orlando or Winter Park for any length of time has seen huge changes. It's changing right now. And uh, so it almost feels like a lifetime ago, almost a, a different place, a different life when I was growing up without 
having a phone attached to my hand. And so it's it's kind of nice to to think back to that. And I get a lot of inspiration just thinking about the journey, how I went from, you know, the squirrel playing in the trees mm-hmm. to where I am now. And the blog post you're talking about in particular, it was the first time I really thought about terms of why am I a blogger? Why do I choose to write at home? Why aren't I, you know, in the corporate world as part of a team? And I really saw a direct connection with how I played when I was young. We did not have a lot of neighbors. I, you know, we lived in a pretty isolated place. And so my mom kicked us out of the house, no television for us. And so I was, you know, out in the yard playing by myself, climbing in the trees, swimming. And so I think that was, a, you know, played a direct part into why I'm a little more introverted and don't mind being alone and working. So it's interesting because, you know, being an introvert and going into teaching and then going into public speaking, which is a big part of what you do. How was that transition for you? You know, so I'm an introvert as far as I don't prefer to go out to parties. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if, if I have to go network, oh my gosh, shoot me now. <laughs> it's, it's, I cannot stand making small talk. Um, you know, I'll do it when I have to, but I much prefer not to do that. But I public, appreciate you doing it right now. That's, <laughs> that's very nice of you. One-on-one's not bad. <laughs> um, but, you know, public speaking's never been a problem for me. I, I like to say teachers are the best public speakers because, mm. you know, I, I taught six periods a day. So I had six rehearsals a day for public speaking. So, you know, that that's never bothered me. You did your more than 10,000 hours. Though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> definitely did that. Um, so, you know, being at the conferences, that that's not a problem. Now, when I have to go into the crowd and talk with with everybody, you know, I love meeting people, but it, it is hard for me to force myself to get out there and, and shake hands and sure. say hello. Sure. That's an interesting position to be in. Um, let me ask you about this, because I think that from a blogging perspective, you're, you're sort of balancing writing that might be satisfying to you, um, you know, in terms of the, the creativity that you want to talk about or the, the creative process and, and what you want to talk about versus looking for clicks, almost looking for something that's going to uh, be shareable, right. uh, that's going to get out there, that's going to be search engine optimized and those sorts of things. How do you balance those two things? Because that's always been the struggle for me, especially writing in this day and age. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are so many different ways to monetize a website that I have been fortunate to not rely on clicks for, for the monetization, um, for Florida swim network. Um, you know, watching your kids swim was pretty good, pretty good incentive for parents, extended family to tune in. So we really didn't have to worry about, um, you know, writing for the audience, but you have to write for the audience whenever you're writing. I mean, that's just what makes good writing. Um, you have to think, okay, who am I writing for? And make sure you are, you know, writing at appropriate vocabulary level for them and, you know, a relatable way. I'm fortunate with with my blog posts, the ones that seem to resound the most with my audience are when I share a little bit about myself. Um, for example, the one, you know, where I shared about my childhood, that yeah. one had a pretty good readership. Uh, one that I shared also recently when I wrote about uh, the time I was totally called out because I had only white speakers at my conferences. And it was a very valid point that I'd never noticed before. I had a black blogging friend that said, Bess, I love your stuff, but where's the color? Mm -hmm. And she totally called me out publicly and she was absolutely right to do it. And so, you know, we, we, 
sat down, met, we brainstormed how to get uh, more people of different nationalities, different, a diverse, yeah, yeah, a little diversity in there to speak. And it reminded me, my audience is not all white. And so it was a great experience and it needed to happen. But, you know, and you wrote about that. I too, did write about of, it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, that one people were like, oh, my gosh, I've had that happen to me as well. You know, a lot of time people don't like to share when things go wrong right. <laughs> or when you are wrong. But those are the type of things that people like to read because they can usually identify with them. So I would imagine um, looking at now your next big project, which is uh, the big book of everything that I've learned. Um, so those mistakes, those, those mistakes. oversights, yeah. if you will, are going to come up quite a bit. Or, you know, those are going to be things that you address in the book. So have you ever read an interesting business book? I'll answer that for you. Answer is probably uh, no. Business books, by and large, are pretty boring. They're, they take the one idea and they expand on it to make a book right? so that you have to buy the book and the author can make money. But it's really usually the simplest of ideas yes. that it comes down to. So I don't want to write a business book. I want to write about what I've learned and share that. And it happens to be business lessons that I've learned along the way. For example, don't forget your audience doesn't all look like you. There are a lot of different people out there. Are you including them? Are you writing in ways that they can identify with? Are you selling something that, are you selling to just one segment of your audience? Are you selling to all of them? So those types of ideas. So I anticipate this book being a little more autobiographical. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, starting with my childhood, playing by myself, why I'm that way, why I don't want to work as part of a team, those types of lessons along the way. You know, what, what I learned in college that I now apply because I really feel everything we do as adults, I mean, this goes without saying, you know, we developed because we were of our, of our childhood growing up. But I think people underestimate how much that plays a part in our business decisions and how we conduct business. So a lot of those lessons are going to be told along with my life story. Now, I can't assume that people will care anything about reading about my life. So hopefully I'll have some some actual business lessons to share along the way where they are getting value out of that. But I think if I can write it in a way that lets them know, you know, it's okay to mess up. Here's how you respond to it. You know, it's what you do after you fall down that makes the difference. Right. And I think the other important lesson is you just keep going. Yeah. Like you have to find your audience, but you're not going to find your audience immediately. No. So that's something that rarely happens uh, unless you're a celebrity. <laughs> which, which I'm not. <laughs> uh, neither am I, fortunately. <laughs> so that'll be, it, I, I'm very interested to read it. So you're doing that on Patreon. Yes. Um, and you can learn more about that. I would imagine you want people to to follow you on Twitter is the main point yeah. of contact for yeah, that. Yeah, so every, everything, um, um, best underscore our. Yep. A-U-E-R. A-U-E-R. I want to make sure that's out there. Thank you. Uh, because no one can spell my last name either. So we have very I, similar I last say names. say your last name. You had to say it for me. <laughs> very similar last names in that regard. Um, let me ask you one more thing, and then we're going to take another break and talk about a little bit about the college, your college experience, mm-hmm. and how that is influencing you even now, even this day and age. Uh, hustling is a term that has come up. You use it quite a bit. I think anybody who's in the blogging world sort of uses it because you're probably wearing 25 hats at once. You're probably doing 35 things, uh, you know, at any given time. Um, it's a term that came up, I think it was in a TED talk, somebody was talking about the side hustle. 
Like you have to have a side hustle to yep. keep uh, to keep extra revenue coming in. Um, and but not only that, but to keep you satisfied uh, creatively. So the two things I would ask you about that are how do you keep how do you specifically best keep everything straight when you have all of these things uh, coming up? And then what is your creative outlet now uh, in terms of is it this book? Um, is it Florida BlogCon? Like what is what is the thing that keeps you excited to get up in the morning? So I wrote a blog post recently called Hardwired for Hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do downtime well at all. I've often described my brain as a hamster on a wheel. Just going. <laughs> Always going yeah. and going. I can either medicate it or embrace it. So I choose to embrace it. Um, so keeping it straight. So I work from home. And my living room is my office of choice because mm-hmm. I've got the TV with Pandora playing on the on the Apple TV. And uh, I have a very nice picturesque view of our backyard swimming pool and sliding glass doors. And I should probably tweet out a picture. I've got lists taped up. So I've got, you know, the regular computer paper. I'll create a list, tape it up there and yeah. a different sheet of paper for each project. So FL BlogCon's got its own sheet of the stuff that I need to get done. Patreon has its own sheet of what I need to get done. My marketers mastermind group's got its own sheet of what I've got to get done. I categorize things. And when I'm working on FL BlogCon, probably a hurricane could come through Orlando and I wouldn't notice it. I'm you're hyper focused. So focused. Yeah. And so it's very easy for me if I don't have those lists to let something slip. Right. To totally forget. I mean, I, I would be the one, I'd be so busy writing, I, I would forget to get my kid from school. I mean, that's how. <laughs> so those lists and uh, the alarm on, on my phone. phone. Yeah. Yep. So that that's how I, I keep it all straight. And so, Google Apps are, are your best friend. Very nice. So do you, uh, one of the things that uh, Kristen Maneri, who's going to be one of the speakers yes. coming up at Florida BlockCon Spring Fling, uh, talked about was she blocks out time. Like her method is time blocking. And so the way she described it was very interesting because the way she described it was, uh, no, 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 I get that stuff done in the time that I have and it gets done. And I'm amazed by that because I block off time and I look at it and I go, I'm not inspired. I'm just tapping keys. I don't know what to do. I'm going to be up till 2 a.m. And so that was one of the interesting things I I heard from her. Is that something similar to what you do as you say, I'm going to work on this from here to here? Or it's just, this is what's next. It's going to get, I'm going to keep working on it until it gets done. Yeah, mine's priority based. So if I have, uh, you know, if I have to get uh, for my marketers and mine micro, group. We do a, a webinar once a week. They have to get scheduled. I have mm-hmm. to find a speaker, you know, an expert in a certain industry or, you know, Instagram expert or somebody like that. I have to get those scheduled. So if I haven't gotten scheduled, that's top of the list. So mine's all priority based. And once I get the the fires out, so to speak, then I can sit down and write if I am moved by it. I can't, I, I'm not one of these people that can write a blog post unless I'm in that mood to write. Right. So I, unfortunately though, I'm, I'm in the mood to write quite often. So I, I haven't gone through any dry spells, but once I get kind of the fires out of the way, then I can sit down and take my time. But no, I, I don't do those blocks of time. I don't think I could be that structured. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting to hear her talk about it. And I wish I could like try it for a week. I feel like you almost have to, it, it has to be habit 
after a while. Sure. So because that's not how I'm structured or that's not how I'm wired, it's, it would be very difficult for me to to do something like that. So creatively, what gets you up? So you you finish all these fires. What are you most excited about writing when it comes to writing or blogging about? <laughs> So I like the creative, I like the creative writing that feels more fictional than, mm-hmm. than business. I'm not a fan of listicles or anything like that. I really like the long form, descriptive, a lot of imagery in there, writing. So okay. that's, that's what I like doing. So uh, if I have to do a bulleted list of something, not my favorite, um, and the editing part, not my favorite either. I write a lot longer than what you will actually ever see because I, I do go in and edit, um, but uh, that's not my favorite part of it. I don't think it's anybody's favorite part, but definitely the long form writing. If I can just sit and write, have the uh, something acoustic playing in the background yeah. and I'm good to go. Okay, very good. Well, let's play another song. We're going to come back and talk about uh, a few things. And so if somebody wanted to learn about, before we go though, if somebody wanted to learn about Florida blog con spring fling yeah, and so, aggressive tweet up. Okay. So th- th- we, uh, we do our big annual conference every September at full sale university. And that one gets a couple hundred bloggers together and social media pros. We do a smaller one in the spring and it's much more intimate. It's just a few hours long. We have three or four speakers this year. We have three speakers, Mark Baratelli, Josh Murdoch, and Krista Maneri. And um, everybody's together in a room, but it's much smaller, our more intimate conference. And that is Saturday, April 15th, tax day. Nice. It'd be a fun way to end your your tax <laughs> tax season. Or to begin your next tax right. season. And it's in Sanford, and we haven't done an event in Sanford, but I'm very excited about. So we have, starting at 4.30, the learning sessions, as we call them, three sessions. And then afterwards, we're hitting the town. So if you have not been to Sanford, make the drive just 20 minutes up I-4. It is just this adorable little historic town with this quaint downtown with lots of boutiques, restaurants, and art galleries. It's very, very artsy there. Mm -hmm. And so they do an art walk once a month where they go from one gallery to the next and they always have a different theme. I think this month it was children's art. April though, the theme is art is a drag and they're featuring, in addition to regular traditional art, they're featuring drag queen as an art form. So there are going to be professional drag queens all over. They're actually doing a show at the Sanford Theater, the Wayne Dench Theater there to end the night. But uh, so we get to go have some fun. If you want to come, drag attire is optional. Okay. So Nick, if you come, will you dress in your high heels? I might just put on some uh, makeup. Okay. Because the heels are not good for me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in that kind of shape anymore. Ah, uh, there we go. I'm a little more top heavy than I used to be. There we so, go. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, so, so if you have an interest in learning more, just flblogcon.com, and you'll be able to see all the information about it. And then Manscara, would that be optional? Yes. Okay. All right. Then I'm. Then I'm definitely in for that. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Bess. We're going to come back right after we play a little bit of uh, Cat Power. How about some Cat Power? Love it. You have two cats. I do. Cat Power. Uh, on WPRK Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. Cat Power on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was free from their album. You, you are free. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick. This is free. Best hour is here for free. For free. 
Thank goodness, because <laughs> our budget. No, no, I got swag. So yeah, I'm in coffee. RT. My budget is a, a small swag bag. Thank you very much for being here this early, especially daylight savings. No problem. Day. I'm not even really sure what time it is. I'm but, actually having fun, but I did notice there are no windows to let outside light in. Oh, no. It, we're, we're literally, we call it the best in basement radio. We're literally in a basement. So we're not really sure that anybody's listening because the world could have ended out there and we would not know. Yeah, it could be zombie apocalypse out there. So thanks for pointing that out, Bess. <laughs> now I'm worried about leaving. I feel like we should start our life down here. Um, I don't know if there's a secret stash of food, but let's just assume there is. All we're right. we're going to stay on the air as long as we can, folks. Be safe out there. <laughs> All right, very good. And so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, I talked to all guests about this, is your college experience. So you did health education yes. over at University of Florida mm-hmm. up at UF. You're a Gator. I am a Gator. And so uh, you went into teaching. I did. So that seems like a natural progression for that uh, degree. What do you still call upon from your college experience or what do you still kind of uh, draw out from that, if anything? I had an awesome college experience. So when I went to Florida, it wasn't that hard to get into or else I probably wouldn't have gotten into it. I went in the late 80s and uh, that was the, you know, Steve Spurrier came in, but it was also the time when uh, we had the serial killer there. Not that that was an awesome experience, but yeah, yeah, so Danny Rawlings, so that was uh, my second year there. And I, I laugh with my son because my son's now in college and, you know, I text him every day and I, I get nervous if he doesn't text me back, you know, after a certain amount of time. And my parents drove me up to, to Florida, to Gainesville, and I lived in Casablanca Apartments. And this is the same place that Tiffany Sessions disappeared from. I don't know if you remember that name or yeah, not. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so when they were moving me in, there were all these signs like, have you seen this girl, Tiffany Sessions, missing you know, they dropped me off, waved goodbye, never looked back. <laughs> and then we had, you know, Danny Rowling and we had all sorts of things happen there. And I laugh that my parents, you know, they would call and leave a message on the answering machine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I may get back to them or I may not. And I kind of laugh thinking nowadays how connected we all are and how as a parent that I, you know, I get nervous if you don't text me back within an hour and how ridiculous that is that, you know, we don't really need to be that connected. And so I kind of, whenever I get, you know, that FOMO, that fear of missing out, like I haven't checked Twitter in a while, I have to remember life goes on. It's okay to put the phone down, to take a break, to just unplug for a while Mm -hmm. because life goes on. I survived college. More importantly, my parents survived me being in college, you know, (laughs) so. And apparently they didn't worry at all. No, (laughs) they didn't. (laughs) You know, we, uh, so I was a cheerleader at at Florida and the, the week of all the murders with Danny Rowling, they actually canceled classes. President Lombardi canceled classes, sent everybody home, except for the football players because they had a football game. I mean, they're not going to cancel football at Florida. No. And since I was a cheerleader, we too had to stay at school. And so my dad drove up and dropped a gun off with me. So I had a little snub-nosed 38 special. 
He said, Bess, this is how you load it. You point it and pull the trigger. And then he drove back home. (laughs) So when I seriously say life goes on, it's okay to unplug. It's okay to unplug. That that is an actual experience. That that is an actual experience. Yeah. So looking back at college, um, besides... (laughs) getting you know, surviving a serial killer right uh what advice would you give somebody who's looking at it now uh or who's looking to go to college yeah so you know we we kind of talked off air a little bit about this that mm-hmm. at least when i was in in school you know if you did not go to college it, you were considered to be having a dead-end job that you would never be able to get a decent paying job if you only had a high school degree And that just doesn't stand true anymore, I don't think. You know, you have so many options. We were discussing the iron yard. We were discussing all these different, you know, coding. And really, that's why I found with blogging that, you know, if you have something you want to sell, create a website and start selling online. You can market for free. You don't have to have a huge marketing budget because of social media. So I'm not sure that college is absolutely required nowadays. So what I instead would encourage, I encourage my son, as soon as he decided he didn't want to swim in college, I said, okay, so take that off the table of going to college. Instead, figure out what it is you want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, when he was applying to colleges, they want students to go ahead and declare their major. I had no idea. Actually, I knew what I wanted to do when I went to college. I wanted to be a Russian spy. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But you didn't see that As coming. we all do sometimes. <laughs> I took Russian all the way through high school. Wait, wait. Did you want to be, did you want to spy on the Russians? I did. I wanted to spy did on. did you want to spy Russians. on the Americans? Not a double agent. Not a double okay. agent. Not a double agent. So I took uh, Russian as a second language all the way through school. Mm-hmm. And actually went as, a, and as an exchange student my uh, summer before my senior year. So went to the former Soviet Union. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. So when I went in University of Florida, I started taking the Russian language classes, but I became one of those typical college students where I started sleeping in, mm-hmm. you know, skipping. So I, I was told that that would no longer be an option for me, <laughs> <laughs> which was okay. So uh, anyway, the point is I had no idea what I want, wanted to be. And so I think it's ludicrous that colleges ask you know, 17, 18, 19 year olds, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? So my advice to college age students now, figure out what you love, what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. If you love something and are passionate about something, they say you'll never work a day in your life. And I I passionately believe that if you love what you're doing, you can figure out a way to make money at it. Well, I think the statistic of, of coming in that always strikes me as far as your college degree goes is that about 20, 27% of the people who get a degree end up in the industry that they got the degree in. Well, I mean, if you're going to be, you know, pre-med for a doctor or if you go to law school, right. you can do law school off of any degree, so. Right, exactly. Yep. So, and I think you do just about anything with any any degree. I think that right now, everybody, from an admission standpoint, this is what I'm seeing is people coming in and looking for business degrees. Right. Because, you know, after everything slowed down with the economy, 2008 and all that happened, they want something that is incredibly marketable for them, that you put it on a resume and people are going to know what it is. I don't right. want to get anything vague. I've heard bad things about whatever other degrees are out there, but you could really use anything to get out there. But I agree with you, those certifications that are available, the training that's available online. And if you go out there and you hustle, that's the thing. You have to be ambitious. Yes. A piece of paper is never going to do anything for you. 
it without that ambition that you have. Okay. And then you don't even need the piece of paper in some cases. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, there's always those that, you know, there's always going to be those jobs that are going to re- require a bachelor's degree in something. But, you know, entrepreneurship is on the rise and I love it. Absolutely. You know, create your own future. For your son, did you encourage him to do like a uh, gap year or take some time off in between or anything like that? So my son, I did encourage him to do a gap year. He was not interested at that time. He he, he planned on swimming in college up until the day he got to college. Uh, okay. So he so was, he was, he was to, focused yeah, yeah. on that. But um, what I told my son was take a lot of different classes. Discover what you really end up like doing. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you graduate, you're working for the rest of your life. So take your time right now. Figure (laughs) out what it is you really want to do. You know, so he did scuba diving, which I wasn't real thrilled about. He took the history of rock and roll. He took a lot of really cool classes. I'm not sure what it added up to. But, uh, you know, he's he's trying to decide what it is he wants to to work in. But it's also that perspective without knowing the history of rock and roll, without knowing how to scuba dive and all those other things you, you lose, you get, you can't be so hyper-focused right. on something that is, you might be your career because then you don't have any perspective around it. Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. So I can see that. I kind of think of that with the master's degree. If, you, if people decide to go on and do that, um, it's hard for me to say that going to into a master's degree right after you get out of your bachelor's like what perspective do you have to talk about with other students about mm-hmm. business or uh, any of those other things? So that's an interesting point as well. Let me ask you this before we go. Um, uh, influence marketing is poised to be huge. Yes. In 2017, like 80% of companies surveyed, I've seen all sorts of statistics are going to use it. Can you explain it in just a really, really quick and easy terms for me to understand? Because you're talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. So influence <laughs> marketing is really just word of mouth marketing. Okay. So uh, what's your, what's your, what's your favorite restaurant here locally? Uh, here locally, probably Buttermilk Bakery. Really? I've never been yeah. to Buttermilk uh, Bakery. So good. It's down the street. You should go after we're done. Tell me about it. Uh, so it is a bakery, but they also do a lot of lunch and brunch type of items. They do a, uh, uh, what is it? Like they take croissant dough and they do it in all sorts of different ways and fry it and all Mm -hmm. those things. Yeah. Okay. So you just did influence marketing. Okay. Okay. So you have an audience, your radio listeners, me. So that was word of mouth marketing that they did not pay you to do. So that is earned media. Okay. So they earned it by being this wonderful restaurant. But... If they wanted to tap you as an influencer, they might pay you to go ahead and continue bragging about them. So I go online, I start tweeting about yep. them, I'm putting them up on Instagram. Yep. So uh, people like bloggers or online influencers because typically they've already developed a relationship with their audience. They mm-hmm. typically already have an established audience. They are a trusted source. And so that's where it becomes a little where people are like, oh, but now you're being paid to say it. So. We work very hard with bloggers to make sure that they are being transparent. Yes, I am being paid to say this, but they're not telling me what to say. Yes, I am an influencer for them, but here is why I've chosen to be an influencer for this company. And so that's all influencer marketing is, is word of mouth marketing where instead of a company earning that media, they're paying for that media. Okay. So it's not me 
having influence over people because I've hacked their email and no. I know stuff about them. No, it's it's you having that natural audience anyway. Got it. That might be another bad business idea. So let's write that one there down you go. and go with that. Okay, so best hour, we have to get out of here. We're going to make way for Ben and Music of the World. But before we go, let's talk a little bit about where people can find out more about you. We have at best underscore hour on Twitter. And that's A-U-E-R. I'll yes. have some stuff on my website as well Great. about you. But uh, what about Florida BlogCon and the Spring Fling and yeah. the pro progressive tweet up? Yes. I'm learn how to say this at some point. <laughs> so I just go to flblogcon.com and you'll find all the information. Not only do we have our conferences on there, you also have episodes of Blog Talk TV, which is mm -hmm. a television show that we did that features bloggers and social media to learn more about it. And uh, then Twitter is where you can always connect with me. Yeah. So at best underscore hour A as an apple, U-E-R. And so the other big thing you have is your My Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Patreon, I would love for you to check it out. If you've been moved at all by this article, maybe consider or article by this radio show. Consider perhaps becoming a patron. Even just $1 gets you some cool stuff from me. And that's patreon.com slash best underscore hour. I think if you're interested at all in blogging or learning about blogging or even in the process of um, uh, Patreon in general and seeing how some people are, are taking their content and their knowledge and they're distributing it in different ways, I think it's pretty interesting to go and, and look that up. And so, yeah, I've actually started a podcast um, called The Patreon Project where I'm documenting. Oh, yeah documenting my decision to use Patreon, designing my page, and then totally redesigning my page because uh, I had uh, some some trusted friends that said, oh no, that is all oh, wrong. Yeah, oh, so, so I redesigned it all. So I kind of share the, the ins and outs and the whys and the hows I did everything on there and sharing my journey. And if it fails, it fails. If it succeeds, it succeeds. And I'll be documenting all that. Very nice, very nice. All right, so let's play one last song. And so your choice, dealer's choice, Leona Ness, Ani DeFranco, or Shirley Scott? Who would you like to Shirley hear? Scott, definitely. Okay. Very good. And so all the music today, it was, of course, International Women's Day earlier this week. So we picked all uh, female artists today. Yeah. And I might put up this playlist a little bit later in the week on uh, um, a site called Atrax. So you can play it on there and listen to some of the songs. But uh, Bess Hour, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. This has been fun. You're very welcome. And so we're going to hear Shirley Scott for Dancers Only on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree.